You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Terry Goodlad. This is the Good Lad Unscripted podcast. I got my beautiful wife Anna with me today. Good morning. We are in not so sunny Las Vegas. It's pouring. Well, not pouring rain. It's just kind of like gray and drizzling today. It's pouring for us because we never get any. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Usually it's a dust bowl. Now this it's morning, like, Jesse went outside. Uh, he looked out the window and he's like. <laughs> It's wet. <laughs> water is like, yeah, when water comes from the sky, that's rain. I don't think in two is, years he doesn't remember seeing it. Yeah, and the funny part is we let our dogs out, and Bella can't get wet enough, and Ellie can't stand being wet, and so we put them out, and right away Ellie's on there. She's just going berserko on the door once back in, and Bella, I'm trying to call her, and she won't come in. You know, so. She's like, oh, Dad, so nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, we took a break. We uh, took a regroup well, it was, the, it was the end of the year, right? And and we have, well, and this show is brought to you by blessedbodywear.com. Uh, you went into like design crazy mode, uh-huh. got a bunch of cool stuff coming for 2019. We started rolling out a bunch of stuff. It's, yep. So it's been kind of, a, it's the end of the year, big transit, it's, it's that thing. Like, it's a New Year's resolution that we actually followed through on. Yeah, you know, I... I Except for I'm still fat. <laughs> well, that wasn't your resolution. Actually, I'm not fat. I got sick and lost like what, 15 pounds? Or something I know like that? you're you're probably the lightest Listen, I've ever. I seen know, you. but I'm feeling good. Like I'm feeling really good. I mean, the worst worst weight loss program ever, but yeah, it is effective. <laughs> you're keeping it. You're keeping it off. Yeah. Yeah, I, you, you know, you were a power lifter, so you're used to being heavier, a bigger guy most of your life. You know what it was? Is it's just the the you know I've changed the training and stuff like that, but it's the food quantities. It's not that I ate bad food because I just don't like bad food. I eat yeah. healthy food. It's just you know you got I, used to when, when I graduated police college, I was 169 pounds. Really? Yeah, and <laughs> and I mean when I left police work, uh, I was. You know, walking around at 245, 250. So that's in 11 years? Yeah. And and so that was, you know, just Almost all you're doing pounds. is you're just trying to gain weight all the time. Right. Just trying to gain when weight. When you're a hard gainer, sure. Right. So I cut back on the portions. But I it's can't probably, relate at all. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> you're not a hard gainer? Oh, no. <laughs> you gain quite easily? I do. I but do. You I'm look proud good. of that. You look good. The more weight you gain, the better you look. Oh, stop just it. Fuller and rounder. And <laughs> this is becoming a whole different show now, but... But uh, yeah, it, it was just the portions that I was eating. I always felt like, oh my God, I'm going to, you know, I'll shrivel up to nothing if I If you stop. It's, if it's I don't amazing. Eat this Actually, five pounds of oatmeal. As you mentioned that, I, um, I had a, a, you know, I, I think I had a hard time with my weight in like my teens and, and 20s. And I got so used to that idea of like dieting all the time. And then, um, by the time I hit my 40s, actually, because of all the train, training that I did, did at the gym, right. I, I needed to eat very differently. Like, I needed to eat more food. But in my mind, every time I ate more food, I was like, oh, I'm going to be as big as a house, you know? And the but truth that's always is, is when that, you look your best. Right. And it's the opposite. Like, just lately, we've been eating more. My parents have been visiting like that. I've been eating more and even things that I no, don't normally eat. And I wake up and it's like, I'm, I'm you know, lean. And I'm like, oh, maybe I needed some more food. Yeah. I mean, you made cookies the other night. When's the last time you made cookies for us? I, I mean, it was long. It was a long we time We didn't ago. even make them over the holidays. No, we didn't. And it was just like, I was like, uh, 
kind of feel like I'd like some cookies. Next thing you know, Anna's got cookies on the, but the thing of it is, is you ate cookies and then you woke up the next morning and you got like this six pack going on and all this stuff. And yeah, that's just like, well, I wouldn't recommend eating cookies every day, but we're not really getting ahead financially over this whole eating because I'm eating less, but you're eating more. Right. (laughs) And Jesse, oh my gosh, he, he totally skipped a, 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 um, clothing size. Yeah. Like I usually shop for him in and November. And I had to go to the chiropractor yesterday because he's he's gained so much weight. I he I need to take him to back. the doctor soon, and I I need to know how much he's gained. At least at least five pounds, at least if five not pounds. more. At least five pounds. Like all of a sudden, he grew out of all of his clothes, and I'm like, they were supposed to last the winter. Well, he was sick. He was sick. We, I don't want to buy no, more winter this. clothes because winter's gonna be <laughs> over in like March. <laughs> mom problems, right? <laughs> yeah. Hashtag mom problems. Anybody anybody has five T clothes? Send it over here. <laughs> right. We'll leave them for like a week or two. That's winter. it. We'll send him right yeah, back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he had the like we all had the same thing, and and he lost a because you really lose your appetite. Right? Yeah, and I lost a lot of weight. He he gets so skinny so fast, yeah. and, but he lost weight. And but when he got better, he he just hasn't stopped eating. No. like he's not sleeping through the night again because he wakes up hungry i know and we're feeding him before bed i know and he's all muscle can you imagine when this kid gets like college age high school age oh my gosh it's gonna be like costco every day i'm gonna have to work at costco (laughs) for the discount (laughs) for the employee discount yeah he's he's gonna be i think he's gonna be a size but he's not like he just he's still like he's got a six pack this kid he's is got just, a baby six pack. Yeah, he's got little little boulder cap shoulders, shoulders, cap shoulders, and <laughs> he's got. Sometimes I look at him when I give him a bath, and I'm like, "Why do I even bother the gym? Like genetics is what is, is so at. unfair, you yeah. know? Yeah, like genetics is what is at. Like all you need to do is else. go kick a ball. <laughs> We're doing it all wrong. We're lifting all these weights. He just kicks a ball, falls down a lot on yeah. purpose, right? Rides his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, and that's oh it. Oh my god, and he's uh, shredded. So. He climbs up on the bed, I guess. That's something we don't do. We just sort of... No, he started doing push-ups after us. Right. And he loves them. (laughs) He loves push-ups. Right there, he tells you. (laughs) Something right there. Um, I want to sort of shift gears here and talk about something that just came up literally yesterday. Mm -hmm. You were talking to some... Some friends. friends. Some friends in Dallas. Yeah. In Texas. Well, not in Dallas. I guess in Texas. We're right? not going to give their address. We won't give their address. We won't give their it's name. It's not Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near Dallas. But uh, two friends, and they're they're a really sweet young couple. Yep. Uh, really, really driven. Of course, they've got careers, but it's not really what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, and so they're really driven. I guess you tell the story because you talk to, you talk to Berlin well, all the time. I, uh, Hi, we- Berlin and Lance. This is all about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we became friends um, a year and a half ago because uh, through we never met in person, mm-hmm. but um, Berlin and I became friends a, about a year and a half ago through another friend that um, knew that both of both of us were starting our foster mom journey. Right. And uh, and you know being a foster mom is completely different than being a mom to the fact that you were being ruled by state guidelines and people checking on you and visitations visitations with uh biological families like it's a it's very very different so children can't have blankets on their beds right share the work at home a lot of it is similar you know the cleaning up and (laughs) yeah and the nurturing and loving but but it's not your child and you're reminded of that all the time time. you know yet you have to be prepared if 
in case if, he becomes your child right. legally. If you offer to be a an adoptive, an adoptive resource. resource like right. you are with Jesse. And so it's um um it, it it's a very challenging, um, very rewarding, very challenging. I think it's very emotional. Very emotional. Very yes. challenging because it's challenging in the sense that you really have no control over your fate and destiny or his. Like with us, you know, I've got you've got family in Brazil. I got family in Canada. We can't go as a family to visit any of them right. because we can't get them a passport. Right. You know, things like that. Right. right. And and so. They tell you when you take the classes to get licensed to have a good support group, you know, and uh, we do have friends in, in Las Vegas that we are, you know, that were close, that are foster parents that we're close to. But um, she and I really clicked because we have a lot of the same interests as far as health and fitness. And, you know, she competed and, and now she doesn't. And, you know, kind of a lot of the same things. So is, is her husband like incredibly hot? Just like you. Perfect. And he has a beard. Now I understand. <laughs> um, so so there's an app called Marco Polo, which is, to <sighs> me, so much better than texting or even calling and so much better than FaceTiming because who is ever in the right place at the right okay, time to FaceTime? Guys, guys, here's the ultimate use. Okay, if ever you've been sent to the store to buy tampons <laughs> and you think that you'll walk there and there's just like a... One, one, one choice. One choice of tampon. <laughs> no, there's like an, an, an aisle, whatever, a hundred foot aisle of tampons. <laughs> so you need Marco That's Polo. That's what Marco Polo's for. Um, well, Because you can just, you flip the camera around and you just show and you film. So which one do you it's want? It's a lot like FaceTime, but it's a recording. So you get back to the other person whenever yeah, you Yeah, you don't can. have to be there to answer at that moment. If you're in the bathroom, it's fine. You know, exactly. You, can just, you know. So um, I love that because I'm always like, busy it's never a good time for me to talk on the we phone we love marco polo we love marco polo so she and i have been talking via marco polo about a year and a half and got to know each other very very well in uh, many ways and um we were discussing yesterday because they come from another state they're not from texas but they come from another state from a smaller town and as a couple you know two young people got together they've been married about 7 years they want to do something with their lives that is very, very different to the path that their relatives took. Close friends growing up, you know, everything they knew. And it's just in them that adventures, spirit, you know, the entrepreneurship and all that. And I feel like when you, I can totally relate to that because right. growing up in Brazil, what was that noise, Terry? Something happened. <laughs> An echo. <laughs> um, is it good? I think so. I think we're good. Okay. Growing up in Brazil... Um, Your words just became godlike. It, ominous and godlike. I guess this, this is a message for, for somebody <laughs> listening to this. Um, both of us, you and I, we followed a path in our lives that was very different from Unconventional. The, the place we came from, mm -hmm. our family, and like that. And we know how much resistance you get from the people that love you or from the people that are closest and, to you. And it's not always just resistance. I mean, in my 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 case, you know, uh, and I know your story as well, It's yeah. you, you almost get cut away out of the herd. Yeah. It, it's, like you, you, it's one of the you, two. You yeah. lose all your acceptance and belonging too. Like, like when I wanted to become a photographer, I chose that. I mean, I, you know, I was a, a cop, a SWAT cop, 
got into business, owned a bunch of different businesses. Of course, when I wanted to get into business, I was going to fail at everything everybody said. Right, of course, right. I didn't. That went well. Then for nine years, I owned a gym. That's the only thing I'll ever be able to do in my whole life is own a gym. I got rid of the gym, started publishing magazines. Oh, that's going to fail. It didn't. Right. You know, it just go on and on. And then I decided I want to be a photographer. And I was around 40. And, right. And I think this is really important to say. I got humiliated. Say, right. People humiliated me. Because you, me you didn't face. come from a, from a creative background. No. You were a cop. Right. And But then you were a business me. owner. Right. But it was in me. Right. And, 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 and then with, you know, within a short period of time, I was working for all the top magazines in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and as not just a photographer, but a writer. And I mean, I, I didn't know what a noun was. I didn't know. I, I, I knew nouns and verbs, but I didn't know pronouns. I, I didn't know. I barely got a high school. Right. And here I am getting published in Flex magazine and Oxygen magazine and right. things like that. And, and, and so I, I just got like constant ridicule and, and, and a lot of people wanted nothing to do with me. And then mm-hmm. 15 years later, when I was very successful... And being published now, all around now, the world. Now they find you here now in Vegas. Now they all want to come find yeah. me in Vegas and come visit just to look at me to see if I've changed somehow. Right. You know? And I had somebody contact me, hey, do you know any movie stars? Because I want to get you. Know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> It's like, dude. <laughs> you're in Vegas. But that's the thing. You know, you, you're going to get lots of, and I posted about this the other day on Instagram. And I said, you know, I posted this picture and said, this was my dream. Yeah. And I said, everybody laughed at me and said it was impossible. Right. And I said, they're not laughing anymore. They stopped laughing. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. And so... But the, it's not just chasing the dream and that arduous trip. Mm-hmm. It's losing everybody and everything and their acceptance and their, their respect. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you do that. Yeah. And I mean, you had your own story. You know, leaving Brazil, you were, you were supposed to, you, were, you, were, you spent a year of university in, uh, getting your business admin degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And left all I, that. I definitely had a path carved out for me, you know, and it was very different from what I wanted. And leaving meant... I lost all acceptance and support uh, for a long, long time, you know, and we finally reconciliated it all now. And, and now it's all back. You know, it's all back. And, and what, then you've some. Gained, what you've gained, though, is and then some because now you've got, uh, I think, a much, much deeper respect. Respect. Yes, exactly. Because now they see why and they see that it worked out. But, but I feel like it's so hard to do that because, you know, we want our people families and our parents and our peers acceptance like we want to sure we all just because want to you belong. don't want to do what everybody else is doing you know it shouldn't mean that you know and i understand it's fear-based like no no we want to you know you're not old enough you don't have enough experience to decide but if it's in your heart what right. what's wrong what's wrong with that you, i mean and and i'm gonna bring something up do you remember when we were Planning. This is always a bad sign when you say, do you remember? Because you never remember <laughs> anything. Because I never remember anything. No, I think you're going to remember. Do you remember when we were looking at adoption uh, three, four years ago? Yes. And before we even became foster parents, we went that route. Um, you talked to one of your friends about it because um, you needed his input for something. Mm-hmm. And he is 10 years older than you. And he basically came back saying, you know. Oh, you're going to be dead. You're he, he, be, had, he had like a whole, almost like a mathematical equation to when he was going to die and when I would die, basically, because we're right. roughly Right, so it's like, age. what are you thinking right. starting this? And I, As if I was irresponsible, being irresponsible to the, toward the child. Right, and, and I remember just saying, no, why are you planning the end? When you start planning the end, that's when it all ends, you know, You, you have to live like you're going to be 100. You got to be realistic, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I probably got another, I've only probably got 
realistically productive years, probably only another 50 years or so. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Where I see it? I, I think so. And then you My have, grandmother lived to 97. Easily. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think one of the things that made your grandmother deteriorate the last couple of years is because she was so alone. Yeah. So she didn't have people to talk to, to move her forward, you know, and well, like that. She didn't that. travel. She, she, when, when, she, when she stopped doing, she used to get out, walk to get through. It was probably a good mile walk every day. In the snow. Yeah, <laughs> in the snow if it had to be. And, you know, and then she got worried in the wintertime about falling because she had fallen and broken her hip once and she didn't want to do that again. And, yep. and, uh, and so she just stopped going for the mail and then she just didn't go in the summertime either. Right. And that's when... When you stop doing those things, mm-hmm. that's when you get old. Right. But, but I look at it and I'm like, you know, when if it's in your heart, when you start when limiting, is a better time when you start telling teach, yourself what you can't do. Right. That's when you start to deteriorate. You know, in your 40s and 50s and 60s, there has never been a better time to guide a child than then. Like in your twenties, you're trying to figure out yourself, and your and this is not a knock on people that are parents in their twenties because there's there's amazing parents in their twenties that I've met. Yeah, I can only speak that, for myself, and, and I know raised, at eighteen. Well, I, I have. I a could friend. barely find my own butt, let alone you know raise a child. <laughs> no, right? I do have friends that raised amazing kids and they had to figure it all out. Like they're my age, forty three, forty four. They have kids that are twenty years old. And that did exceptionally well. That's that's their story. But mm-hmm. if that's not in their heart, if it's not in your heart, and you want to wait, there is no no one saying you should do yeah. this. Yeah, I'm not saying wait. You know, you should wait to have kids till you're in your fifties. I'm not saying that. Right. But I'm just saying I'm a much better dad at in my fifties than I, I've got more wisdom, right. more experience, more patience, more, patience yeah. more available time. You know, more financially stable and and with my relationship, I, I know right. that's not going anywhere. Right. You know, I just know. And so, and so that amount of stability is just there. And I mean, I think this is why there's so many cultures where the grandparents take the lead on raising children. So it's, many, yes. And the parents go out and they create careers and they build their marriage right. and build a relationship right. and they've got time and room to do that. Right. And grandparents take over the parenting role for, for a good long while. Right, right. right. Um, and it makes perfect sense to me. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. What what I think we're talking about here is young couples being pressured right. to have children. Yes. That's what we're talking about. To have children, to follow a certain career, right. um, to, you know, whatever to it is. To be like me. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I did it and I turned out okay. You should do exactly and what I did. And parents do that to protect their kids. You know, they want sure. the best for their kids. And they're like, well, I know this one path and this one path works. So. Right. You know, if you're smart, follow the same path and you're going to be okay. And, and for they, some people that works. Absolutely. I, I, know, people, I know lots of people. My that brothers. Works yeah. They follow the exact same path and, as and my And I know parents. a young man uh, in particular, I'm not going to mention any names, but yeah. I know a young man that is just like that, that you know, that's not the, that, that's not my path. That's right. not what's in my heart. And, right. And so, yes, you, you could be successful it. at it, mm-hmm. but you'll be extremely unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like police work. I loved, I loved police work, but I'm a very sensitive guy. And so the experiences that you experience there and... They were not good for you. Rarely are they anything good. You see the absolute worst of the worst of humanity. Yeah. And, and that's your steady diet 
call after call after call after call after call. Exactly. And so, yes, cops get cynical because you, trust me, if, if you spent a month doing what any cop in any, you know, any police department does, yep. you're, that's, you, you do that or you blow your brains out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to turn it off at some point, right? right? Everybody hates you, you know. And so for me, I, was, I liked it. Uh, there were parts of it I was really, really good at. I love SWAT. Right. Uh, but the thing of it is, is that I got old. Like from 20, I look at my pictures from when I got on the department in 1979 and when I left in 1990. Yeah. And I became old fast. Sure. And then I look at what I've done since then. Mm-hmm. And this is my wheelhouse. I never imagined myself a creative person, right. but that's what I am. Right. I'm a creative person. I look at my two kids, my my because Chris and, and Charity, they're both painters. Mm-hmm. You know, Charity makes her. You know, she's her and her, her uh, Sean. They have uh, an, an amazing <laughs> business. You don't yeah. know what to call them. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they're. I mean, they're together, right? Right. They're they're, uh, they're just not married, but uh, they've got a great her family. Significant and other. She's, her. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Significant other. Yeah. Okay. Sean. Yeah. Great guy. Awesome guy. And the two of them really, really click. They've got a good thing going. They've got his kids and her kids and this big family. And she had the courage to go and open an art gallery mm-hmm. and sell her paintings that way, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, and she's, she knows that she's a creative person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would never, ever argue with that. My son, you know, because, um, He's a postman because he's got bills to pay. Right. But he's an Pressure. artist. He's yeah. just an artist, you know. So I understand all these decisions. Uh, you know, his decision wasn't wasn't family or anything like that. His was just financial pressure. Yeah, right? just responsibility with the family right. and kids and all right. that. That happens too. And he'll be paid until the day he dies. So right. at some point when that financial responsibility lessens, I'm sure he'll get back and he'll be doing that as a living. And right? he's incredible. He's an incredible painter. Yeah. Uh, both of my kids are incredible Both painters. of them, yeah. And so, and so this is the thing, you know, but, but I was, you know, I thought I was supposed to be a cop. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it was actually very destructive for me. Um, when did you decide to be a photographer? Like, did you feel like, <laughs> did you feel like this is, I, this, I might not succeed or? No. No. <laughs> this is the thing. Like I've never, when I get it in my head that this is something I want to do when it's in my heart. Yeah. It's just, that's what I'm doing. And there's nothing. Right. Like if somebody tells me that, oh, you can't do that, I'm just like, are you out of your mind? How could you say that? Because right. in my head, I'm already there and I'm going to be successful. Right. And that's just... I, that's the way to do it. Well, in C, I was never close to my mom. I was never close to my adopted father. I really, my grandmother Daniel, was yeah. my... Your only... Yeah. And, and whatever I wanted to do, she's, oh, sweetie, you'll be good at it. You know, so I just <laughs> believe that. Right. <laughs> so here I am, right? And that, I guess that's a cool thing, you know? Yeah, you get, you get more freedom. You don't have support, but you, you also yeah. don't have a lot of resistance I owned either. a gym and I was doing business consulting. I had been, you know, a, a top executive at a Canadian public company. I had been, you know, managed a manufacturing plant. I'd done a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, and that are not creative. No, and did very, very well at those things. You know, did, it was very successful. I, I still owned a gym. Um, and, and I, I was just unhappy and yeah. I was doing business consulting at the time and I was just unhappy. And, and, uh, so I took a job making 10 bucks an hour working at a halfway house where, uh, uh, federal inmates are released into, into the, into, that's where they transition into public life. Right. Yeah. And so my job was uh, one in the morning till nine in the morning. 
And I made, I baked cookies, cakes, and pastries and made coffee and just made sure nobody killed anybody or ran away. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I chose that because uh, I'm an introvert, as I've learned. Yeah. And I could just, I could be there the whole time and I never saw anybody, never talked to anybody until like sure. the last couple hours of the shift. Right. right. And so I just sat there and thought about what do I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And, and I decided I wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. and a photographer. <clears throat> and so I wrote an article, you know, I, ride a Harley and I'm a biker. So wrote this article and sent it to a bike magazine. They rejected it. So I said, F you, I'm going to start my own magazine. Right. (laughs) And that was in 1998. So on Friday night, I bought Photoshop and I bought a program to build websites. I can't remember what it was now. Right. And on Sunday night, I had a website up and that was bodysport.com. At its heyday, that was enjoying over a million unique visitors a month. And we were the only website in the world to cover women's, the early days of women's fitness and figure and like that. That people said would never be anything. And everybody. <laughs> I remember being at the Arnold on the bus with all the media being shuttled from place now. to place. And everybody saying that women would never be significant in this sport, that bodybuilding would always have to carry the women. Right. And now nobody really Where cares about now? bodybuilding, right? No. It was just nothing but a woman's dominating right. sport. And I said, no, you're crazy. Yeah. And I said, I'm going forward with it anyways. Yeah, hey, you're nuts. Good lad. You're a loser, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and nobody's laughing anymore. So. No, no, not at all. But it, back to the kids thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's a thing when you, when, you know, you, you get married. Yeah. I mean, we got married, Anna. Yeah. And the day after we got married, we went to Brazil and your mom and dad put on a reception for us. Mm-hmm. The morning after you're sitting there in the corner philandering with all the relatives and <laughs> you guys are deciding that I'm going to go get my vasectomy reversed and I'm going to have this and this. Right. We're going to start having kids. I'm going, whoa, <laughs> do I get to choose, you know? Yeah. But that's a very common thing. Right. When young couples get married that you're right. supposed to have kids right away. Right. You know? Right. And I think... If you're ready for that, yes. And and on that note, the reason why we brought up Lance in Berlin is since then they have put their foster license on hold, and they are they actually realized that they weren't ready to adopt and become you know full time parents for the rest of their life. They mm-hmm. they have put that on hold, and they decided to follow their heart and pour themselves into their dreams and into traveling and into the business they want to create and and all of that and I really admire that. Yeah. I really For admire For a young couple that's pretty cool. Yeah, I really admire the fact that they said, "You know what? Hold on. Why are we really doing this? You know, we love kids. We're just not ready for them yet. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a blessing that the way they started is they were able to be foster parents and then decide that because if you get pregnant, you can't give the baby up. No. You know, it's like, oh, I tried this for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm not ready for it. You no, and that's the thing. Like, like, like uh, you know, everybody, and I always say this, you know, I said it to you, you mm-hmm. know, when we had kids because I've been a father before and, and you know, Everybody wants to look at baby clothes. No, it's going to be so nice and ah, you know all that stuff. Uh-huh. What's those the days voice? you do not have. To, okay, but you don't have to prepare yourself for those days. Uh-huh. You have to prepare yourself for the absolute worst day. Right. Okay. When you are chronically sleep deprived, all of a sudden everybody in the house is sick and everybody's got a fever and everybody's throwing up and the other the end is, is just as busy. <laughs> yeah. And there's a baby that needs to be tended to. Yeah. And you got to work. Right. Because like in our case, we own a personal or our own business. So if we don't, we don't work, we don't make my money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you get through that day? Yeah. Whose turn is it to get up and why? 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. how do you, who's going to go out and who's going to make the soup? Who's going to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and at those points in time when you're extremely uncomfortable, I, I, I call it the, I, I was building a subfloor, my first house I ever bought. Mm-hmm. I built the subfloor myself and they take a little money off the deposit and like that. So, so I'm working away and I got a crew there and a bunch of people and I'm watching, I know everything that's going on, right? I know every lump of dirt until I hit my thumb with the hammer. And the only thing that existed in the planet was that thumb. I right. couldn't see anything else. You could, everybody could burst into flames and I would have noticed all I saw was my thumb. And, and I use that an analogy to, to explain that the, when we get uncomfortable and we are tested to our limit and beyond, we oftentimes only see our own perspective. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And in wisdom and age, we learn that no, there are other responsibilities that have to take precedent over that. Right. When you're 18 or 20, um, I think it's harder to do that because those early years have all been, you know, you get through high school. High school is probably the easiest thing you can ever do in your life. Right. Least amount of responsibility. And you really have to screw up to not make it out of high school. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's why a lot of kids struggle when they get into college because now it's your responsibility and they're just not ready for that responsibility. Well, a lot of kids are getting married at that age. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... That is a quantum shift. Just getting along with somebody in the same house and paying bills and managing money and oh my goodness, time and you know temptation and all that stuff. That's now throw a kid into that where you really don't have a lot of time to spend with your spouse. Right. You need to build that foundation first. First, yeah. And this was a conversation you and I had before foster kids. Sure. Yeah. And everything you thought it was because you've never had kids before. You thought, oh no, we'll have time. We'll do this. We'll just do this. Did it work? No, no. He had to all be the first changed. four months. Yeah. We barely shook hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> Until we figured it out. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's the thing is that you, there's so much pressure, and so in, you know, I applaud Berlin and and Lance for just looking at it and going, okay, these are my limitations, these are my strengths, and these are my needs. Mm-hmm. And and uh, right now, this is irresponsible of me to take on more than I am equipped to handle something that's going to right. break. Because there are other things I need to do first. Right. Yeah. And so I really, really admire them for that. And because of that, you now we've offered to get more involved in their process and help them along as best we can and, mm-hmm. and like that. And they've got so much initiative. They just, they're charging forward and doing all the things they need to do. But, I know. But uh, it's inspiring. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's inspiring to find a young couple that doesn't think they got it all figured out. Right. That they've gone into this and have dove into the deep end, realized that this is we can't handle this. This isn't good for us. Jump back out and then get to work on the next thing so that they can grow and progress through that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And they're, they're growing into I some I wish very, I did that when I was in my 20s. Yeah, I mean, I was stubborn. Ah, I can do this, you know. Yes. What do you mean? No fart? What do you know, you know? And, yeah, exactly. And then nothing works out. You're like, oops. Yeah, then you go running back there because, right. you, yeah. And and that's the thing. And so I really, really admire them for, for doing that. And so I guess if I was to give a piece of advice to a young person, there's a lot more you don't know than, than what you do. Try to figure that out first. And think of everybody in your life. Uh, be they family members, friends, strangers, people that you look up to, you know, these are people that have been down the road that you haven't been and they can help you with the roadmap so that you can go further, Mm -hmm. faster than they did. Mm -hmm. And so look at them as an asset. The other thing is, is, you know what? If if you you, can't find that in your own family, find a mentor. Find a mentor. Yeah, because if there's nobody in your family or your immediate family and friends that 
you're like, I, I want to live that life. I want to have that life right. when at their age. So seek those mentors. Seek those mentors. And this is what, what, what Lance and Berlin have done. And, and you got to admire that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and the other thing is, is that, you know what, you might be an engineer or a lawyer or a pilot or whatever you might be, but that doesn't mean your kids have to be that. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, my son, you know, he doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. Right. And I don't blame him. He, he likes to dabble in it, but he doesn't want... And, you know, I'm 59. I I was up at 4.30 this morning. Yeah. You know, I went to bed at, what, 11.30 last night. Mm -hmm. And this is our life. Yeah. You know, uh, our friend uh, Stacey Pardall (laughs) made the best post ever. What Uh, She said something like, people get really upset when they have to work and not get paid for it. Try own your own business. It's a lifestyle, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, and that's so true. That's exactly it's, it. And it's, so that's the lifestyle. Uh, you know, if my kids wanted this, I'd do everything I could to help them down that road. But I'm not encouraging them right. in any direction. They'll mm. find their own path. And then I want to encourage them on that path because right. that's their path. Be the best you can you know, in that path. Yeah if, yeah. if it was up to my my grandmother and grandfather, I'd be a farmer in Tisdale, Saskatchewan. Right sure. Now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so uh, and not that I... I would have loved to do that, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I love the life that I've got and, and I would have never met you and I wouldn't know Jesse and right. we wouldn't be doing the, the fun stuff that we're doing now and the, and, and the meaningful stuff that we're doing now. You know, Absolutely. it would be a different life. And so God's going to put something in your heart and he's going to put something in your kid's heart and let them explore. And if they fall in their face, so what? And if you still want to do something, but you feel like you're too old, you're not. You're not too old. You're not too old. If you're still breathing and going to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, your, your cells are still replicating. They're still, yeah. you're, you're only limited by your mind. Exactly. And this is the thing. The cool thing about having, the best thing about having Jesse is that I don't have time to sit and tell myself, oh, my back hurts. I'm going to lay here for no. two minutes. You know, it's Daddy. every morning, puck up. Daddy, yeah. puck up. Puck up. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of wake up. <laughs> puck up, Daddy. Kick the ball. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, I got to get off the couch and we're not going to sit and watch TV. We're going to get up and kick the ball. So yeah. we kicked the ball. And then pretty soon, like. You I, feel better. Yeah. I'm, I'm hanging with this two-year-old. You know what I mean? I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Terry got him a helicopter that makes noises <laughs> and like that. And so Terry's talking on the. Pretending I'm a dispatcher, yeah. Yeah, pretending. And so he's doing all like control to Jesse, control to Jesse. And and it's so cute because you see his imagination and then he puts his hand on his own control mic and he goes, okay, daddy, take off. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that was so cute. It's so cute to see them from like babies to like little kids. Oh, it's so awesome watching him develop. And the thing is, is that I I don't want to be a spectator. You know, I want to be in his life and he loves it. Like, we kicked the ball around the house every day. Your mom was there, and I'm sure she was thinking, oh, my Lord, because we've got this ball. It's a $3 ball that I bought. It's a big, round, red ball. Best thing you ever bought. Best $3 I ever spent in my life. We yeah. kicked the crap out of that thing every day, and it's flying all over, knocking stuff down and like that, but we're, we're having fun. <laughs> but, yeah, that you know, having Jesse has – you can't think old. You have no time to think old. Having a business pushes you because you can't I, – I, You can't just – kick back and collect paychecks no i can i can sometimes take a day off sometimes but that's rare i mean i worked mm-hmm. you know yes. all through the weekend and you know today is like my friday but it's not it's only it's only, <laughs> it's tuesday, only tuesday and i've got a whole week yet to go and then the weekend's going to be full and then, then the next week is full and exactly it's just like that right so so it's just for me i'm forced to stay energetic forced to stay sure. in shape forced to you know not forced but 
life is so much better if I just do that. And, and I, you know, every now and again, I got to remind myself like, man, in six months, you're going to be 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think a 60 in what I remember 60 was when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Definitely not. No, we're not going to be those people. Thank you very much, Anna. We could go on about this forever. Lance in Berlin, thank you for the motivation for this podcast. I hope, I hope, I hope this helps somebody. If you got any questions, just contact. Uh, you can contact me, tgoodlad at me.com. Uh, I'll try to answer your questions. If you're mad at me, well, go ahead. That's fine, too. I'll, I'll still write back to you. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for, for listening. listening. We'll be back in a couple of days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast.